Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 390, and I think I'm going to call it questions about toys and finding places and the decluttering questions. Eh, Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm taking questions that have been submitted at askdanakwhite.com. I do YouTube lives on most Tuesdays at noon central, and I answer questions that have been submitted there as well as some questions from those who are watching live. But I take these questions to, uh, you know, give you a place to ask them. And let's just be real honest. I'm trying to get ahead on this content so I can be working on something. And uh, so this, you know, helped me know what y'all needed to know. So here we go. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. First question. I just listened to your podcast on minimalism toys. I'm assuming that's one that I did with Dawn Madsen uh, a while back. Uh, This had some great points. My question is, on the toy subject, how do I go about starting outside of your normal questions? Y'all know I'm never going to go outside of my normal questions, right? This is me talking now, obviously, not their question. Like, I'm just not going to. I'm never. Anyway, okay. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm i sorry. Oh, wow. I must. I, this should be the last one I record for today. I've recorded several already um, because I'm obviously getting cranky. I didn't mean that rude. I know it came across that way. Anyway, no. Um, I think you just meant like starting, you know, like making my, like, how do I start? Anyway, let me just keep reading what she wrote. And quit making my commentary, right? I get to say all I want to here in a minute. Like, where do I start? My son is three. See, and I said, did you feel that? I said, like, where do I start? I said it with antagonism. And I don't think she meant it that way. Anyway, like, where do I start? My, I'll just say it like a valley girl. Like, where do I start? No, she didn't mean it that way either. Like, where do I start? My son is three. Do I pick what to keep or does he? We have tons of Hot Wheels, monster trucks, small tractors. How do I decide what to keep and donate? Is there a limit to how many of each help? Okay, so y'all know what I'm going to say, right? And I'll bet you that if she's kept listening to things after this, she already knows too. 
anyway, so I apologize for however I'm coming across today. This is one of those days. This is the sassy Dana and it happens sometimes. Anyway, follow the same process. Here's the beauty of it. Ideally, you know, I I mean, like, you know, your kid and you know, do I do this on my own? Do I do this alongside him? But I am going to say that when you can do this alongside them, I highly recommend you do that because as you work through the decluttering process, like my actual five-step decluttering process, you can get the a free printable of it at aslobcomesclean.com slash five. I've talked about it ad nauseum here. Somebody told me that I was using that correctly on the podcast. There are YouTube videos on it. It is in the books in great detail applied to all the situations like use the five-step process It works on really complicated stuff, but the process itself is so simple. So use it with your child. You really don't even have to like adjust it for him, but let him be the one who identifies certain things. Okay. So like when you say, let's start with the trash. Okay. Throw any trash here in this trash bag. Obviously he's three. You may have to help, you know, oh wait, honey, no, 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 that's grandma's hearing aid. That's not trash. Whatever. Uh, We need to get that back to her right away. No wonder she hasn't answered the phone. (laughs) Oh my word, y'all. This is going to be a bad one. Anyway. um, So you're, you're, but you're guiding them along, letting him identify trash and knowing just like you would with grandma or with a 16 year old or with a 40 year old woman who has specifically asked you to help. You're going to do the same thing in that you say, okay, you know, throw away any trash, let them identify the trash and then move to the next thing. Even if you're like, there is trash here. How did they not see that? We're going to get to all of it. Nothing is not going to be gotten to in this process, right? But we let them do that because it helps them start to get that momentum and that movement going that is important for anybody. All right. So identify trash, put the trash in the trash bag or the recycling bin, whatever you've got there. And then go to the next. Okay. What is easy? Now, if I was speaking to somebody who's 40, I'd be like, okay, so what in here is easy? If I'm speaking to my three-year-old, I would be like, okay, what's easy? What, what do we already know exactly where it goes? Because easy stuff is the stuff that has an established home elsewhere in the house. We just have to put it there. It's not easy because it's easy to take it there. It's not easy because it's easy to access that place. It is literally just easy because there's no thinking involved. Okay. So what in here do we already know where it goes? Oh, that. Yep. Okay. And this might be something where you're able to say, is this easy? Oh yeah. You know that that goes in the playroom. Okay. Oh, is this easy? That's a bath toy. It's supposed to go in the bath. So go take it there now. You know what I mean? So like doing that uh, and then working through the process. And when you get to the containers, okay, actual container concept, that is where the magic happens with kids and with me, okay? It's amazing how well it works. So you as the parent are going to decide what is the container. And remember that a container is not only a plastic tub or a basket or whatever. It's any defined space. So the container might be this shelf. It might be this drawer. It might be 
you know, whatever defined space that has an actual boundary, the more you can actually see a boundary as in like it's a shelf as opposed to a corner of the room. This shell that that's even more ideal with children. So this is you're going to decide as the adult what the container is, meaning you can understand this. And we determine the size of our container, not according to what we want to keep, but according to the space that we have for this stuff to go. Okay. So this is his room. And in his room, let's see, you said he has hot wheels, monster trucks, and small tractors. Let's say that he has so many of those things. And you look at his room and you're like, okay, this is the space that we have for monster trucks. This is the space that we have for Hot Wheels. And this is the space that we have for small tractors. Okay. These are the spaces within this room that don't take up the room that he needs to sleep, to move around, do the things he needs to do, the room that he needs to play with these things. He needs to have open floors so that he can actually roll them around. Uh, that These are the spaces. This shelf or this whole entire shelving unit is going to be for monster trucks. Okay, this uh, tub is going to be for the small tractors. And then you let him put his favorite ones in there first. In, because then we're not making value decisions. He is just choosing like as far as like it's still a good one that's the one grandma gave you whatever he's choosing his favorite ones he's putting them in there first and it works exceptionally well with children I know it worked with well with my children I hear from people all the time who are like I didn't think my kid be able to do it and it's like oh this flipped the switch they were able to do it so instead of you deciding what to keep and donate you decide what space do we have to you know, to have monster trucks. And then he puts his favorite monster, monster trucks in there first and whatever doesn't fit, that's what gets donated. Okay. And it allows you to say, Oh, put your favorite ones in there first. Oh, this is so fun. Remember anything that doesn't fit. That's what we'll give to, you know, Goodwill or wherever, you know, the church nursery or whatever it is that needs toys so that other kids can play with it. And then remember that when he, when it is full, which this rarely happens that it actually fills up and it's some hard decision, but if it does fill up and then he finds his favorite one, you get to say, oh, absolutely. Of course you can keep that. Which one are you willing to get rid of so that we have room for it? Okay. So you're always able to say, of course, yeah. Oh, wait, you have to keep all your monster trucks. Okay, well, I guess we need to get rid of your Hot Wheels so that we have room for more monster trucks. Oh, you don't want to get rid of Hot Wheels? Well, you know, there's just no space. I wish we could. It's hard, but there's no space. So so that's how you let him make those decisions so that you don't have to be. Obviously, there's also the, you know, doing this while he's at grandma's house. Uh, that you have to know your child and what their reaction would be to that. I hear from people who were legitimately traumatized by things like that happening to them. So I don't want to discount that in any way. I do know that my kids like were giddy with excitement when they would come home from school and I had decluttered their room and they were always excited about it. So you have to know your situation and this, but the more that you go through the decluttering process with them and help them learn how to make these hard decisions, which that's something I had to learn in my thirties, right? And many of you are learning as, as you're 
you're doing this right now. And so we don't have this expectation that this comes naturally to them. It's an opportunity to teach. So the whole decluttering process is an opportunity to teach them these things that will help them, you know, as they're managing stuff for the rest of their life, right? Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Next question. I am just starting my decluttering adventure. I like that you call it that. See how much nicer I am now? I, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Y'all, I need to not make any commentary because I can't be trusted today. How do I create a home for items that I don't already have a place for? Okay. So, uh, remember broken record here, the five-step decluttering process. Okay. So items that you already have a home for are in the easy stuff step. All right. So those things, by the time we are getting down to, um, you know, stuff that doesn't have a home, all the other stuff has already been put away. So just make sure, you know, and I know that's not necessarily what she was asking, but just, just remember that, right? So, so that we're not looking at it and going, all this stuff has to have, I have to make decisions for, cause I don't have homes for everything. We are actually dealing with, with what we really need to deal with. So it's not unnecessarily overwhelming because we've already gotten out the stuff that does have a home. 
which some things homes are in the trash and we've already dealt with that, or they're in the donate box and we've dealt with that, or we've taken it to their established home. Okay. So once you get down to the point where things don't have a home at that point, the way we determine the home is with the first decluttering question. Okay. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? That is how we determine the home. It's not an analysis process. It is not a matter of Googling storage solutions. It is simply a question, what is my instinct? Because this doesn't have anywhere to go in my house. Like I don't have any answer to this. Uh, It wasn't easy, but it needs a home. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to give it a home in the place where I would look for it first, not where I'm sure that it would be, because if I was sure it was going to be there, it was easy stuff and it's already gone. But at this point, where would I look for it first in that beginning of the day that I think I'm going to have to spend looking for this item? Okay. Oh my goodness. Birth certificate. Used to be that if I needed a birth certificate, my heart just dropped. And I was like, okay, well, there goes my next three days because I'm going to be tearing my house apart. But where's the first place where I would look, assuming that I was going to have to look 1500 other places? What's the first place? That is what I make its home. That is how I determine the home. But you, you actually said, how do I create a home? Well, the problem can be that I determine the home according to where would I look for this first, but then I actually get there, which I'm taking it there now because I'm forcing myself to accept this reality. I take it there now and there's no room for it there. And I'm like, well, great. You know, I don't have a place for it and I don't have room for it, but I've got to create the home for it in this spot that I've determined where would I look for it first, which the beauty of that is then when I actually am looking for it, it's in the first place where I look for it. But I create the home by getting to that spot immediately. Now, not putting it off for the future when I'm going to have to re-ask myself that question. Go right now. And when I get to that spot, if there's no room, all I have to do is remove something that creates the space for this item to go in this spot. Not come up with a big new solution. Just what can I remove that creates the space? Ideally, it's going to be a donation or trash that takes up the same amount of room as this item that I need to put in this space. And when I do a dead donation or trash, well, then I can just take that right back to the spot that I was originally decluttering because that's where my donate box and my trash bag are. Okay. But that's how I create a home. The thing you want to be careful of is that when you're thinking I've got to create a home for this, that you don't start getting creative because that's where we excel in that creativity. And that's the stuff that can cause us to spin out right? So don't create, don't get creative when you're creating a home. Answer the question, where would I look for this first? Take it there now 
make the space for it so that it has a home. Okay. But don't start, if you start analyzing, if you start thinking super logically, y'all, that's how you get into the situation where you say, well, I finally got organized and now I can't find anything. That's not being organized. Okay. All right. And one last question here. I think it's just one last question. Oh, there's two questions in the one last question. (laughs) What do you do with items that you know you would have? Question number two. That's not question number two. If question number two is actually, if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already have one? I guess that is sort of question number two. Anyway, but not sure where you would look for that item. As my look for first place changes, what if you don't have a look for this item first space yet? Okay. Remember, this is that same concept, okay? We are not talking about a place where you know it's going to be. That's in the easy stuff step. We are talking about, I don't know where this is gonna be, but here's the first place where I'm gonna look for it, even though I don't know for sure it's gonna be there. Is it possible that your first place where you would look for it is gonna change between this time and the next time when I... Uh, go looking for things, it is possible, but it's still going to be significantly narrowed down. And more times than not, it is the right place. Like I get emails from people who are like, I am so excited. I needed my such and such. And I had zero confidence that I would have actually considered it the first place I would look for it when I was actually doing the decluttering process, but then I went and opened up the drawer and there it was, the birth certificate, the social security card, the whatever it is that you need. It was actually in the first place where you look for it. And the more often that you do that, the more you start to trust that instinct and then it gets better and easier and your confidence grows. Okay. Because so much of this is nothing's ever, is this feeling of, well, nothing's ever in the place where I look for it first. So that can't work for me. Okay. We are going back and putting things in the place where you would look for it first. We're not over logicalizing. We are working on instinct, embracing instinct and acting on the instinct so that things have a home. We've got to establish this home. Okay. We establish the home, not by creating it, but by asking ourselves this instinct-based question, where would I look for it first? And then actually going with the instinct. Okay. Now the other part of this, what they're asking is, you know, they say that they don't have an answer for where I would look for it first, but that they do. Yes. Their answer to, would it ever occur to me that I already had one, which is question number two, that you only ask if you can't answer question number one, that their answer to that is yes, it would occur to me that I had one. Okay. If that happens, then you have to go back and say, it felt like I wouldn't have a first place where I would look for it. But if I would know that I had it, there is a first place where I would look. I would have already felt my stomach dropping into my toes over how awful this was going to be, this search, all that. But where is the first place where I would look for this item? Because there has to be, if you know that you have it and you would go looking, there is a first place where you would look. Okay. Again, no confidence it's going to be there. No guarantee it's going to be there. But where's the first place where you would go looking? And that's the place where you're going to put it. Okay. So if you can't answer question number two, go back and force yourself to 
acknowledge your instinct. Okay. And sometimes it's, sometimes the issue is that your instinct is just kind of weird. I don't, I don't know why I would look for, you know, I always use my mother-in-law's example that I never actually said anything to her about. I was just like, you know what? You be you. It's fine. I don't know why she put her, uh, check carbons, like her canceled checks, uh, under the counter in the guest bathroom. I have no idea. But if that's where she looks for it first, then that's where she looks for it first. First, like who cares? Right? Like sometimes it's a weird answer and you think, well, I'm trying to be organized. I don't want to be like I've always been. So I don't want to, I don't want that to be my answer. But if it's your answer, go with it. Okay. Go with it and do that. All right. The next question from the same person, what do you do for hope chest and heirloom items? I am saving for a home of my own. I have items that I would need for my future home. Right now I'm living with a roommate and using her stuff per her request as she owns the place where I'm living. I have some of the same items and dishes, furniture that I needed with different roommates and apartments in the past. When I have my own place, I will need these items again. How do I declutter items that I will still need, but wanting to declutter what I have and make it more manageable? Okay. So the manageable thing is key, right? And this is hard. I mean, like this is the thing that started me on my excessive clutter path that eventually landed me at the point where I was, you know, writing about being a slob on the internet and talking about it on a podcast. I mean, like, so I totally get this exact thing of like, I'm going to need this in the future. I just am. But I know for me, I kept all this stuff that I might need in the future without a real even awareness of all the stuff that I was keeping, right? So I'm not sure your situation, but whatever it is here, this idea of this stuff that isn't being used now, but legitimately will be needed needed in the future, let the container make that hard decision, okay? What space do you have in the place where you're living right now? Or do you have family members who've, who've offered Hey, you know, like for my son, I've said, you can have this shelf in the closet. You know, you can keep stuff for a future place that I know you don't want in your apartment right now. That's fine. But you're welcome to use this space for stuff that, you know, you might need in the future. Do you have a space like that? If you don't, you don't. And you have to store it in the place that you're right now. So what, what place do I have in this uh, space that I can devote to that? And just giving it a name saying, I'm going to use this half of my closet for clothes. And I'm going to use this half for the stuff that I know I'm going to need in the future, because I'm not planning on living in this situation forever. So this half of the closet is my container for that. And you let that be the boundary. You let that be the container. And when that's the container, then you put your favorite or the things that you most want to keep in there first. So maybe it's your pots and pans and you're like, Oh, and then you go to do that and you realize I've got three boxes named pots and pans because I had mine that I actually had. And then I had, you know, my grandma's that my mom gave me when she cleaned out that house. Cause she was like, Oh, you're going to need these someday. And then such and such friend was moving out of her apartment and didn't want them anymore. And I was like, Oh, I'll take those. I'll need those someday. You know, just going to put them in this defined space 
instead of maybe being spread out all over your room because you don't want your room to be a storage room. But, you know, hey, I've designated this spot as this space. When you go to do that, it reveals, you know, oh, okay, there's more here than I was really realizing, right? Maybe it's a matter of this box is labeled pots and pans and wow, that's a big box. And I don't, I'm going to open the box and I'm going to look and I'm just going to see, is it really all pots and pans? Maybe you've lived in this house for two years and you like her pots and pans and you look at your old ones and you realize I never use that dinky little single egg one. And I know some people do use that and that's fine, but like, I don't use that one or I don't, or you know what? These are actually really not great pots and pans. Actually, I think I'm going to get rid of these because I really like the ones that she has. And I think that's going to be, um, if I get rid of these now, that's an excuse for me to get some that I really enjoy later. I, I don't know. But because you have a defined space and you're having to make those decisions about what is space worthy, that frees you to do that instead of just thinking, what do I do when I don't know what I'm going to need in the future? I don't know what, you know, where I'm going to be. I don't know when I'm going to be there, blah, blah, blah. And you fill up that space with the most important things. And then you let that space be the deciding factor. And you realize, oh, I have enough to furnish an entire two-bedroom apartment. And I don't want to live in one room of this house with everything stacked to the ceiling that could actually fill a two-bedroom apartment. I don't want to do that because I might be here for another five years. So, so that's, that's not worth it to me. I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm living here right now. And so I'm going to make, this is my space of stuff I can keep. And then it changes how I see things. And I go, okay, if I moved into a two bedroom apartment, what are the things I would need to make it through my first couple of weeks? a couple of months or year before I could really save and then, you know, buy just exactly what it was that I wanted or find it on Facebook marketplace or at a garage sale or wherever. It changes that perspective and you go, okay, where before I was just kind of like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, that deserves space. Oh, wait, I have a lot of stuff and I only have a small space to put it in. So what are the things I would really like? Well, I would really like to have my vacuum cleaner and I would really like to have my uh, pots and pans and one set of dishes, you know, four plates and four drink uh, glasses. And these are the things that I would like to. So those are the things that would get me very first started in this ambiguous time in the future when I'm not for sure if I'm going to need it or not. But let that container, the limit of the space, be the thing that helps you decide. Okay. All right. I hope that was helpful. I mean, I really do. I really hope it was helpful. Even though I'm feeling sassy, I still hope to be helpful. I hope to be like sassy helpful. You know, if you're anything like me, I'm the type of person that I actually get more help from sassiness than I do from overly niceness or over niceness, whatever the word is. I'm sassy enough that I don't care what the word is for today. All right. I'm going to quit there because we all know that it's time, right? We do. Okay. Uh, I will talk to you later. Bye.